It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot of BYU football to talk on today's edition of the podcast. BYU offensive line, two guys ranked in the top 30 nationally. We'll talk about that and what it could mean for BYU going into the 2020 season. And we continue on with our countdown of the all-decade team for the BYU football program, re-looking at the 2010s for the program and the best players in terms of all positions on that team. Of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like normal. Locked On Cougars is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network, and thank you for taking the time to download the show. With that rundown out of the way, that blueprint, let's get it going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 21st, 2020. What's up, guys? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network, and thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars with Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be downloaded. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, essentially anywhere and everywhere a podcast can be heard and or downloaded, you can catch this show. And thanks again for taking the time to check it out. All right, let's start off today talking BYU football, in particular BYU's offensive line. Uh, Pro Football Focus, we've highlighted some of their articles over the past couple of weeks, but they've been doing kind of a season recap with multiple position groups and the top-ranked players in those position groups. And you might be surprised to learn that two BYU players are ranked in their top 30 offensive linemen in the country, and actually both of them inside the top 20, or I guess 20 and inside of that and those would be offensive tackle Brady Christensen as well as center James Empey. Now that's surprising to see those two players amongst all the other options on BYU's offensive line rank so highly but I think this is a good sign for BYU heading on into the offseason and getting ready for the 2020 season. Let's start off reading about what pro football focus had to say about both players. Brady Christensen, he ranked number 20 on PFF's list. He's emerged as a pretty dark horse candidate as one of the better offensive linemen around the country. And it said, quote, BYU's Christensen has been one of the more underrated left tackles in the football bowl subdivision for the last couple of seasons now. His two-year PFF pass blocking grade was second only to Josh Jones, one of the best offensive linemen in the country. He's going to be a high draft pick. And he also allowed just four combined sacks and hits on his 938 pass block snaps. Christensen's run blocking had to improve in 2019, and it did. His run blocking grade shot up from 67.2 to 81.4 this season. Brady Christensen is an incredible story, if any of you don't know necessarily where he came from, etc. He was a late addition to BYU's recruiting class in 2016 before embarking on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he was a skinny 
offensive lineman in high school playing for Bountiful High School. Six foot four, six foot five, probably 240 pounds. And when he signed with BYU, I was like, man, they must be trying to fill in a they must be trying to fill a scholarship. And that's kind of my that was my initial reaction to seeing Brady Christensen be announced as part of BYU's recruiting class. And I'm gonna happily say I'm happy to eat crow on that evaluation because he has become one of the better offensive linemen in the country, if not one of the best in the Western United States for sure. Uh, he's got all of the ability to be a guy who can play at the next level. He may end up switching over to right tackle at the NFL level if his feet don't necessarily wow NFL scouts enough. But in two years playing for BYU after coming off a mission, He's been nothing short of remarkable. It's been impressive to see him do what he what he's been able to do. He's put on the requisite weight that BYU needed him to put on to weigh around 300 pounds, really anchor that blind side of BYU's offensive line. And to think this is a young man that myself, I'm not. I guess I'm, I'm guessing I'm not alone in this. Thought you know what they're just trying to fill a scholarship here. Good for this young man. If he pans out, he pans out. But he has panned out to better than anybody could have expected. I think when they signed uh, signed Brady Christensen in that recruiting class. Uh, the fact that his run blocking grade has gone up so far is is a very good sign, but the more impressive thing is amongst 938 pass block snaps over two seasons, he's just combined a lot of four combined sacks and hits on the quarterback. That is truly locking down the blind side of an offensive line, making it so that guys like Zach Wilson and the other quarterbacks in BYU's program, they don't have to worry about hits coming off that blind side and really getting after them. That's It's impressive, and I tip my cap to Brady Christensen. He was outdone by James Empey, who came in at number 10 on PFF's list. He's also been a fixture on BYU's offensive line since he was inserted into the starting lineup following T. John Karoma's graduation. Um, so let's read what happened with Empey here and says over the last two seasons starting at center for the Cougars MP has been among the five most valuable offensive linemen in PFF WAA in a two-year PFF grade MP is first among centers pass blocking and third in run blocking James MP is a name you'll want to remember come draft season next year if you guys remember back in the preseason when we were getting ready for the BYU football season in 2019 I said that James MP could be a dark horse to come out for the NFL draft he served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's held the offensive line from that. He's led, he's led the offensive line from that pivot position at center for the last two seasons, and he's been incredible. He's got great training from the time he was a young man. Of course, his father, Mike Empey, was a BYU offensive line coach in two different stints with the Cougars, and James is about as technically proficient as a center as you'll find in the nation, and he's just Incredible! You heard, you saw that in the two-year PFF grade, MP is first among centers pass blocking and third in run blocking. James MP is going to be an NFL draft pick. He might be a mid-round pick, but he's going to be a guy that an NFL team is going to be happy to have. So as long as he's here playing for BYU, enjoy him because he has just been nothing short of remarkable in a BYU uniform. A great representative of the university. He's a young man that is not afraid to speak his mind on things, but he's also very quick to make sure that people understand he's very grateful for the opportunities had to play at BYU and to think about this he signed with Utah out of high school because BYU was slow to recruit him I think it was an indictment on Bronco Mendenhall's tenure that they did not get in on MP early on when he's a BYU legacy commit but the good thing is is Mike MP came back to BYU to be the offensive line coach under Ty Detmer's tenure as offensive coordinator and that led to my, to uh, James MP signing with BYU after his mission and 
man, how different could things be if, if he had ultimately stuck with Utah? It's crazy to think about, but I think James Empey, you're going to have another great year from him this year. And if both of these players, speaking of both uh, Brady Christensen and James Empey, stay healthy this year, along with their fellow running mates along the offensive line, guys like Keanu Saleapaga, Chandon Herring, Tristan Hodge, run down that list Kiefer Longson and even down into the to the right tackle position Harris Lachance as well as Clark Barrington Blake Freeland and also Mo Unatoa this offensive line for BYU in 2020 could truly become that tip of the spear that uh, that we've heard from Jeff Grimes over and over again that he wants his offensive line to be. Can they live up to it? Can they stay healthy this year? That's a, that's many questions to be answered come closer to the season and also throughout the upcoming 2020 season. But the good news is you have two of the top 30 or two of the top 20 offensive linemen in the country, and that's a benefit that BYU is afforded that not many programs have I think nationally if you're not one of the top dogs we're talking in Alabama Georgia etc so just to sum things up I'm very happy to see both Brady Christensen and James Empey on this list I think BYU's offensive line is going to really lead the way in 2020 I wish them nothing but the best and good health going through spring ball fall camp and on into the season if they do that just at looking on paper how deep this offensive line is could do a lot of good things for BYU this upcoming season of course we'll be covering it all for you here on Locked on Cougars. We're going to stay with BYU football and talk a little bit more. We're going to switch gears and talk about the all-decade team and other honoree on that team. We'll get to here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys to please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button. But more importantly, my plea today is for you guys to continue giving us favorable ratings and reviews. Those five-star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold to help build the audience of the podcast give our sponsors that warm fuzzy feeling knowing that they're getting the return on their investment etc in the podcast so i want to encourage you guys yeah please follow the podcast you never miss a daily episode but more importantly my request today is to give us a favorable rating and review we've seen an uptick in those ratings and reviews especially on apple Podcasts over the past couple of weeks and i want to thank you guys for doing that but more of you could be doing it i want to thank you guys in advance for taking the time We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, BYU All-Decade Team honors continue to roll on here on Locked On Cougars as we honor the best players from the 2010s at the respective positions for the BYU football program. Today, we're switching back over to the defensive side of the football, and we're going to talk about a guy who's going to play in his first Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks, and that is Fred Warner, BYU will forever be changed because of what Fred Warner did in a BYU uniform. He tied Kyle Van Noy for the career uh, interceptions lead as a linebacker with seven of them in his career. 
a truly difference maker, a true difference maker on the defensive side of the football. And I think Fred Warner was an easy guy to select for this all decade team. Of course, when it came to BYU, a lot of people wondered, okay, is Fred Warner going to live up to the hype? Well, I would venture to say he lived up to the hype and then some. Uh, He finished number 24 in BYU history with 264 total tackles in his career. Uh, He said he matched Kyle Van Noy with seven career interceptions in his career. And Fred Warner, a lot of people I've seen uh, kind of bickering back and forth on social media over the last couple of years as he's kind of starred for the San Francisco 49ers saying that he was misutilized or underutilized in a BYU uniform. Fred Warner is exactly what BYU wants in their flash linebacker position. And at the next level, Fred Warner has turned into quite the Mike linebacker or the weak side linebacker at the NFL level. That's not to say that BYU missed on putting Fred Warner in positions to succeed. I think that flash Flash linebacker spot, which is essentially a hybrid position, a linebacker slash safety slash nickelback role. And at six foot four, 220 pounds, like Fred Warner was at BYU, he was the prototypical guy for that. What you're seeing from Fred Warner in the NFL, though, is the legacy of hard work. He's a film junkie. He spends a lot of time working in the gym, etc. And he's put on the requisite weight to become a true difference maker at linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. I, I like I said, I understand people's frustration that Fred Warner may not have been the the guy that BYU fans see in the NFL today and feel like, well, why wasn't he that at BYU? If you look back at Fred Warner's career in a BYU uniform, he did some impressive things. He had that interception return against Boise State. He scored a touchdown. He was a guy that really stepped up in key moments and made big plays. Maybe he wasn't the most agile linebacker. I think he's pretty agile, but maybe he wasn't the tackling machine that other linebackers may have been in a BYU uniform. But what he lacked in that, in terms of prowess with tackles, Fred Warner made up for in everything else. He was a guy who called out the defense in a BYU uniform. He was like an extra coach on the field. He was directing traffic. He learned a lot from Kyle Van Noy. He really took him under his wing when he arrived at BYU and learned a lot there. And now he's succeeding at the highest levels of football with the San Francisco 49ers. He's the quarterback of the San Francisco defense. He wears that green dot which has the radio uh, in its helmet that tells the call from the sideline that he passes on to his teammates. I think Fred Warner, what he did in a BYU uniform should be celebrated rather than being looked at it like, well, he should have been used this way and it could have been more impactful, blah, 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 blah. I, I get the frustration with that, but I don't think it's warranted in this case because I feel like Fred Warner, he's truly become a great advocate and a great ambassador for BYU and their football program. He was drafted in the third round. A lot of people wondered if he'd fit in a certain position in the NFL and credit to John Lynch and the San Francisco 49 Niners for thinking, you know what, if this guy comes in, puts on the requisite weight, and we can get to work with him, he can become a middle linebacker in this league, and it's been cool to see, honestly, and I know that I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, so call me a homer if you will, but looking at what Fred Warner's doing in a San Francisco 49ers uniform is just kind of the career natural progression of a linebacker who just continued to work and work and work throughout his career. There was an incredible piece in the Deseret News this week by Ethan Bauer 
I'll link it in the show notes if you haven't had a chance to read it. It was a great profile of what Fred Warner has become in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers. And I learned a lot about him. He grew up in a single uh, parent home. His mother raised him and Troy Warner, of course, his brother who plays at BYU currently. And it sounds like Fred, all the other sports outside of football never really held his interest and football became his passion. It's what he did his entire life. It's what he's continued to do. It's what's going to pay him handsomely over the next, I feel like, multiple years in the NFL and I I just look at this and I think that Fred Warner is the ultimate example of what BYU football should be doing in terms of developing guys. He's become a stand-up citizen off the field. I see a lot of stuff on social media with him going out and doing community outreach stuff with the San Francisco 49ers. He did a ton of that in a BYU, while he was at BYU in a BYU uniform. I really feel like Fred Warner came into BYU with a lot of expectations having seen Kyle Van Noy do what he did in a BYU uniform. A lot of people thought, you know what, that's the next Van Noy. And Fred Warner didn't necessarily become Kyle Van Noy because Kyle Van Noy was a different type of player. And Van Noy has succeeded to a high degree with the New England Patriots, obviously, with two Super Bowl wins. Fred could add his first here in a couple of weeks. But he came in and became his own type of star linebacker in a BYU uniform. And that's to be celebrated. It's not something to look back on and say, well, why didn't the coaching staff use him this way? Why wasn't he guess what? Embrace it for what it is because Fred Warner has become a star in the NFL and he's a guy who's not afraid to say I played at BYU. This is where I came from. He's the type of guy that Kalani Sitake and his coaching staff can go out on the recruiting trail, talk to a young man they feel like could be the next type of player like a Fred Warner and say, you see that guy right there starring for the San Francisco 49ers? Even point to Kyle Van Noy playing for the New England Patriots. Sione Takitaki now playing for the Cleveland Browns. They can point to these linebackers and say we developed those guys they came here had a big impact went on to the NFL are now succeeding at the highest levels of football you can be the next guy to do that that is what should be celebrated about Fred Warner rather than looking back and saying well why wasn't he used this way because he could have been a bigger impact player for BYU I think he had a plenty big impact for the Cougars like I said seven career interceptions 264 tackles I remember multiple fumble recoveries from him he made big plays when they needed to when they needed to be made and I understand that the 2017 season his senior year was a season that will live on as one of the just most awful seasons in BYU football history and it's unfortunate that Fred Warner's career had to end that way but I feel like Fred Warner and the BYU defense that year lived up to their bar- lives up to their end of the bargain the offense not so much so I look back at Fred Warner's career in a BYU uniform and I think it's a one that's going to be rich with legacy he's a guy that I feel like the BYU coaching staff as I've mentioned multiple times here in the last little bit can go out on the recruiting trail and really point to guys and say you know what that's what we believe you can become and that should be a recruiting chip that BYU can use as they try and uh, seal up a couple of more commits. I think the young linebacking court BYU should look up to Fred Warner try and develop themselves in that way. I think guys like Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, even a guy like Isaiah Kafusi going into his senior season, they should all look at what Fred Warner has done, what he's become with the San Francisco 49ers, and try and follow his lead in that regard. So easy selection, once again, for Fred Warner as one of the linebackers here on Locked On Cougars all-decade team for the 2010s for the BYU football program. 
All right, we'll get you our final thoughts, get you what's going on in BYU sports outside of football here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast can be as easy as using your voice. You don't have to even lift a finger to listen to your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here on Locked on Cougars. How do you do that? Tell your smart device, your smartphone, your smart speaker. All of us have them in our homes. They have them in our cars with us. All you got to do is tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and that way you always stay up to date with all the BYU news you need to know. I think it's a fantastic way to listen to the podcast. I've become a big-time podcast listener outside of just this podcast. I listen to a ton of them, and it's always nice to be able to just tell, hey, my, tell my smartphone or tell my smart speaker at home, play podcast, and in this case, play podcast Locked on Cougars. That way you're always up to date with the latest news in BYU sports. So I encourage you guys, when you have some downtime, you're driving around, doing your honey-do list, making your commute, or if you just got some downtime at home, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and be the smartest BYU fan in the room. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, as we wrap up today's edition of the podcast, run down everything else you need to know in BYU sports news. Let's start off with the team in action today, and that is the BYU men's tennis program. They are in Norfolk, Virginia, in the Ted Constance Center to take on number 66-ranked Old Dominion today. That's, they'll be at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. It's 1 o'clock Eastern Time out there on the East Coast. If you are listening to this, you can go down and watch BYU take on Old Dominion. They're on an Eastern Conference road, so Anthony, they've got Harvard later this week. So best of luck to Brad. Pierce and his program in action today taking on the Old Dominion what are they the Monarchs yeah Old Dominion Monarchs today in Norfolk Virginia best of luck to them in action and also uh, coming up this week UC Irvine and BYU men's volleyball square off that first match and that'll be tomorrow night down there in Irvine California Um, I don't know how many of you guys read Darnell Dixon's work in the Daily Herald I hope all of you do but Darnell does a great job and every Monday he has a column or a, a piece called Inside Darnell's Head I believe is how what it's called and he just kind of writes what he's been kind of thinking about with regards to BYU sports and somebody pointed out to me was absolutely fascinating, and that was that uh, BYU women's basketball, obviously picking up some steam here with wins against Pacific and St. Mary's this past week. Well, Junior Gen- sorry, Junior Sarah Hampson, not Jennifer Hampson, her older sister, Junior Sarah Hampson had a combined 15 blocks in those wins over Pacific and St. Mary's last week. That gave her 273 total for her career. That's third in all-time uh, BYU women's basketball history. Well, you're probably wondering, okay, what's the what, why are you talking about this, Jake? Well, the two people in front of her are her older sister, Jennifer, a former BYU basketball and volleyball star. And Sarah has both played both volleyball and basketball as well in a BYU uniform. So Jennifer has 340 career blocks. And then their mother, Teresa Spalding Hampson, 494 blocks. 
think about that, almost 500 blocks in a collegiate career. Tressa Spaulding-Hampson, a lot of you may not know her name. She's a legend in BYU women's basketball history, one of the best players to ever play at BYU. Of course, she's uh, given two daughters to the BYU football and volleyball programs that are now two and three in career blocks in terms of BYU women's basketball history. It's a family that's very tall and very athletic, and it's awesome to see. So congratulations to Sarah Hampson moving into third place. Not sure she'll catch her sister or her mother. Well, she's not catching her mom. 494 is almost double her career total, speaking of Sarah Hampson. But still a cool note to see that uh, the Hampson family is now 1-2-3 in BYU women's basketball history in terms of overall blocks on the season. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys once again for joining us each and every day. It's a ton of fun to talk BYU sports with you guys. We are not stopping, even though it's now the postseason or the offseason for BYU football. Recruiting just kicking into gear. National Signing Day coming up on February 5th. Uh, BYU Spring Ball, according to Jay Drew, he said tweeted out last week that Spring Ball is expected to start on March 2nd for BYU. They always kind of wrap it up in that month of March ahead of finals for BYU in their winter semester. So we'll have all that covered for you. We'll count it down for you guys each and every day until the football season returns. And obviously, the BYU men's basketball program continuing to try and battle for that NCAA at-large bid. We'll have that covered for you as well. I'll be out of practice today, probably get an interview with a player or a coach that we'll have on the podcast this week as well as they get ready for back-to-back road games at Pacific as well as um, Santa Clara this coming week. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars for January 21st, 2020. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day